Welcome to the Time West podcast with Al and Rags. Gain a unique perspective on the world through deep truth and conversations. Hi, everybody. Today is a different episode. We are doing a get to know you episode with Rags and Al. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing Good. fantastic. Fantastic. Excited. Good. We haven't been on the air in a while. So it's been about two weeks. But Time West Show is back, baby. It All the is, way back. yeah. Just got back from Dubai, doing good. Yes. Uh huh. How was that? That was great. I mean, it was it was hot. You know, I'm the only black guy you probably know that got sunburned. <laughs> like all over did you get sunburned? i did i got some it's always funny to me when people say you don't you don't they're like why you put on sunscreen i'm like yeah are you fucking idiot yes i put on sunscreen you have to wear sunscreen it doesn't matter if you're light skin or dark skin you have to i did still got sunburn wasn't enough so what about you rags what have you been up to oh you know i got the vaccine first shot last week yeah how was that it was fine you know got the shot in the arm and you feel a little weird because you you know, you're thinking you'd become a lizard person or Bill Gates might crack at you, but then you're like, well, fuck it. It's a little soreness in my arm, a little exhaustion for about a day and a half. But after that, mm-hmm. you're feeling like a champion and you actually feel different. Like, you're kind of like, you feel like you're back. You're like, I'm not as scared as I was, you know, even though I'm not fully, you know, protected, but yeah. So you got the one that's a two-shot one, right? I got the Moderna, yeah, which is the four-week Okay, shot. got yeah. it. What about you, Al? Are you going to get the vaccine? Um, I'm not going to get the vaccine. One is, mm-hmm. um, I just never trust the government for certain <laughs> things wait 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 african-american uh, wait, wait 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 did you take a malaria vaccine and the polio <laughs> and all that shit <laughs> I, I took all of that but and and let's be honest that protected you that was the only point i'm gonna make i took it all as a kid too right so who knows i was forced to take that right all those shots i mean that's something mm-hmm. different as an adult and as the coronavirus is coming out one thing is i don't want to put anything else in my body that i don't feel like i have to i feel like naturally if this thing was if i contract it and it gets rid of me it was almost kind of meant to be because i've always tested negative whenever i had to test <laughs> well that's because just... you're lucky <laughs> i don't think it's meant to be or do you think that this is if you're like this all your your life is a movie or something where you're the where you're the main character and your fate is in the hands of this virus. Come on. No, nah, I don't believe that. I believe that uh I believe that my immune system is good enough too if I contract a virus to just get rid of it. I just don't believe in taking um I don't believe in putting something like that into my system if I don't have to and I don't deem that I necessarily have to. I mean when enough guys like a new get the vaccination, I'll be all right, we'll get herd immunity, right? Seventy percent of the other population. That is true, that's true. As long as you're not around elder people, right? I think you're good. I mean, all the other people I know have the shot. Would you say you're an anti-vaxxer? Ax- anti-vaxxer. That's what I mean. <laughs> anti-vaxxer. Thank you. Anti-vaxxer. I would say to most vaccines, yes. Some, I believe, yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> wow, you're selective. <laughs> Definitely selective with the vaccine. I thing, think that's you know? a very unique anti-vaxxer fucking point of view. I mean, it's like an anti-masker who will put a mask on sometimes, but won't others. Right, right, right. And I'm kind of like that because I refuse to put the mask on outside. If I'm exercising or I'm outside, I feel I'm fucking good. You know what I mean? As long exactly. as there's no one talking to me in my face, I'm fucking good. You know? And, and yeah, I'll be yeah. honest though. The other night, some guy just talked talk to me as I'm walking the dog. All I'm thinking about is like, is he going to spit on me, right? I, now, I'll, I, I can't stop looking at that. I felt like one of those, it was, I felt like a, what was it, a, like a girl in a porn, like a, there was a cum shot and I kept like blinking my eyes. I'm, I'm like, don't get it in me. That's wow. hilarious. Yeah, that that's hilarious. how it felt. So we got PTSD now, folks, by the way. That's why that I is. was happy to get the vaccine because now I feel a little bit more uh, sure of my son. Good. Well, I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> 
I feel like I'm asymptomatic too. I've known so many people that have had it and I've never had mm-hmm. it. So I feel like maybe, you know. I believe you probably will be asymptomatic. You're pretty healthy. You don't smoke. You don't really drink. You work out, right? So yeah, you most likely you're right. You probably won't get a bad bout of it. Hopefully, yeah. Let's cross fingers, right? You are a black man in America, though. Keep that in mind. That is true. I, I am in that population <laughs> that usually gets that usually gets swallowed up by anything, right? Disease, <laughs> crime, government, right? Anything, right? Blow the you blow the wind blows too hard, right? The whole community is done. So how did you guys meet each other? What's that story? I guess around maybe when I was 15, 16, I moved to the suburbs of New Jersey, right? From the so-called like hood, urban area. Not the so-called hood. You were in fucking Newark. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So yeah, you know, from the hood, right? So I moved out to the suburbs and I started going to school there, high school. So it's around 15, 16. And I met Rags' younger brother at like a high school party. So you can already imagine how that went down, right? High school party, mm-hmm. bunch of weed, bunch of drinks, right? A bunch of girls, right? Cops, cool, kicking in the door, that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> how most minorities meet each other, you know, when the cops kick down the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's great because Al and my brothers, so I have twin brothers, they were all like best friends. Uh-huh. So then I got to know Al through that. And because again, obviously I became, we are five years apart, right? So Mm -hmm. age range ain't that far apart. You know, you become friends with your brother's friends, right? Mm -hmm. Also, it was interesting because not only did I become friends with him, we went through some crazy shit. So the SWAT team came into my family's house and my brothers were involved in marijuana uh, sales, to say the least. Okay. Yeah, I was set up by somebody. It's a long story. But let's cut it this way, (laughs) is that the SWAT team came in, (laughs) they busted down. Actually, Al did me a big favor. He... (laughs) (laughs) He took, I'll just put it like this. He took something from my parents' house, uh, which could have got me in a lot of trouble, being that the cops were looking for me. But yeah, you know, we became friends that way. We got close that way. And at that point, I became homeless. I was living in one of our other friends' house. On the lam, pretty much, right? Yeah. So (laughs) I was facing two court, I was facing two drug cases um, and I was homeless. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. I'll tell you the story like this. You got kids, right? 15, whatever, 14 in high school, 16, and then you got rags, whatever. He's five years older. You have an investigation, right, at a school. I mean, a real investigation, detectives, SWAT team, right, Mercer County in Jersey that's investigating these kids, talking about it's a drug ring, talking about these kids are selling coke, these kids are selling ecstasy, they're selling shrooms, acid. And they made it out to be this huge thing, right? These are kids, and half of these kids are straight A kids, right? Wow. Okay. There was people selling weed. There was people selling, you know, some shit, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it was marijuana. And here's the thing: the cops in the town hated me so much that they wanted to figure out how to set me up. Even though I was living mm-hmm. in Westchester, Pennsylvania at the time with my girlfriend. Yet mm-hmm. they were trying to figure a way out the police department to fucking frame me to look like the king because I was influencing these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at that point just a marijuana smoker. I wasn't hustling it, nothing. They, But the cops knew for years I did hustle in that town. So they had a vendetta against me and basically mm-hmm. used one of my best friend's cousin uh, to actually asked me, please, can you get me some mushrooms? Please, for my prom. Please, I need them. I said, motherfucker, I don't fuck with shrooms like that. I don't know where to get them, right? And so then I I knew a guy in Staten Island. He's, uh, uh, you know, I knew about him and I reached out. I was like, yeah, I got you mushrooms. Goes, but you know what? Your minimum order is a quarter pound or, or what half pound, I think. I forget. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? All right, whatever. You know me. And I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I used to enjoy, love doing shrooms too. So this fucking guy plants this idea in my head. I'm like, yeah, I'll get some shrooms, you know, some... We're all doing them together, you know, 
like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, get him the eighth of mushrooms. And actually, he's like, my boy wants some. So he introduced me to his boy, who's a brown dude. So I got fooled, who's actually an undercover police officer. Set me up and then put me on the front page of the Trenton Times as being a drug kingpin, loosely affiliated organization running from Philadelphia, New York City. In the end of the day, none of that was fucking <gasps> true at all. Oh I mean, gosh. I didn't even live there. When the SWAT team but came to my parents' house, I was everything. in... No yeah, goes. it was all bullshit. So, yeah, it was on the front page. My parents are Indian. Can you imagine what they went through? SWAT team, guns drawn. Guns drawn on them. Not only that, then every Indian in town fucking thinks that we're bad people. You know? Absolutely, yes. And now uh, you know. They, they don't want to come over your crib anymore and do the uh the eight-arm thing, man? They didn't want to pray to Sifa? <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, yo, it, the fucked up thing is my parents moved out of the town because they were so embarrassed. Uh, They moved into south, you know, southern New Jersey, at, like 40 miles away. Look, uh, you know, these Indian people are all fake. They'll pretend they love you. They'll mm-hmm. pretend they're religious. They'll say they're vegetarian mm-hmm. and they're selling burgers and hot dogs. They say that fucking... You know, life is about not being material, and then they'll fucking pray mm-hmm, to the God of money. Mm-hmm. I believe spirituality is all personal, mm-hmm. right? I was raised a Hindu. Uh, I, I love, actually love meat. I, I eat it once in a while now, but I really don't eat it as much anymore. That's a personal decision for my health. But the bottom line is real, true, spiritual people, uh, Buddhists, Hindus, Christians, you know, Jews, Muslims, they all think along the same line. Were your parents strict on you? Oh, yeah. At first they were, but they, I, they saw I was a chubby kid. I used to eat my feelings away. What kid wasn't? Yeah, you know. And uh, I, I became a person who rebelled against my family a lot. You know, and that was the whole thing. So I'll tell you what happened was I was really, I, I was bullied in school. And oh, I didn't even know that. That's a new one. I was the one, who, I mean, listen, I was bullied by in ninth grade. By 10th grade, I was selling all those kids mm-hmm. weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and by 11th grade, that was their best friend, right? So I used weed as my vehicle and my sense of humor as my vehicle, right? Um, Because when you're a fat kid, you need a vehicle, right? (laughs) Um, It's hard. I had had thick glasses, I had buck teeth, and I had big ears. So you could imagine I had everything wrong that you didn't want. (laughs) (laughs) So after you got out of that phase, of course, you're grown up, you're an adult now. What happened after Mm -hmm. that? Did you have a criminal record as an adult? Was it just you being, you know, 18 years old and it was expunged? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, I never got expunged. I have, you know, I have a criminal record. I'm not proud of it, but I haven't been arrested in 18 years. Nice. Good to hear. So that's something I'm proud of. You should be. Do you have a criminal record, Al? I do not have a, a criminal record. I mean, I've had things that have happened in, uh, like maybe childhood, things like that. But that's all, like, uh, that's all gone now. You know, things mm-hmm. like that are expunged. By the time I got to know Rags, I was basically my family was like wasn't strict, and it was me, my mom, and I think my stepdad. I think she married my stepdad back. What was crazy was your mom was the most religious woman I've ever seen. My fucking life. She was like non-denomination, but she was a little trippy, right? She believed in like um, if you had a post on the wall and I didn't, it was like satanic and jumped off the wall. And, you know, she was wow. like, you know, she was very. But she was very, she's very passive though, right? She was very forgiving, very. She uh, was, she had to be because, you know, I wasn't a great child, right? Especially mm-hmm. around when I was a teenager, <laughs> right? I came, I did what I want. I cut class most of the time. I, I mean, I did a bunch of like, I don't know. Everything. Well, it's easy for you because your your pops. You saw your pops did what he wanted, and you're like, "Fuck it, I can do what I want." Mushrooms. We, you know, everything was. You know, I just basically did what I want when I was a teenager. I came home when I wanted, you know, and then I would stay out for weeks. You know, I was just, you know, I was like a little out of control then. So, 
It was nothing anybody could really do. You just had to wait that phase out. That's what I say. Your podcast is about connecting people together, understanding different perspectives, points of views, and also talking about taboo topics. What is your motivation to get to know these different things? And you know, how do you how do you feel if someone is against you, or you know, the discussion goes a different way, and they, you know, if, if they're super conservative, or you know, they believe in lizard people or something. I'll, let me, uh, let me, let me jump in this first. I'll say this. So for me, I've traveled and I've seen a bunch of things, right? But I grew up in this four to eight block radius, right? And I know a lot of people that grew up in that four to eight block radius. And when you're in that four to eight blocks, you can't see anything outside of that. A lot of times when you're in the hood or the ghetto, so to speak, right? You see anything that's going on in that neighborhood as what life is. So, yeah, you know, you can't expound on too much, right? Your future is bleak. When you come outside of that area and you see how other people actually live that don't look like you, you get to see a whole different life, lifestyle. And you see that there's something else that could be accomplished through that, right? I don't have to be... I don't have to be a crook. I don't have to rob. I don't have to steal. I don't have to do these couple different things, right? Depending, no matter what my family or somebody else is doing. So when you get to get out of that environment and you travel and you see how other people work now, it might work for you and it might not, but you get to just expand on what you know that is possible, what you think that is possible. So when I look at it like that, it's almost like when I try to connect people and bring all these other people together, I understand that everybody's different, right? And we all have a different start point, but we all have to come to some type of understanding whether I like it or not, I think if I can give you the conversation, you can understand maybe where this person is coming from that can start a discussion, right? That we can come to kind of, you know, bring a bridge a gap and come together. Sole purpose of that, of my end of it. So even though you want to bridge people together, how does it impact you if someone disagrees? Is that something you take to heart or is it something where you have an open mind and you're saying, okay, well, you know, I'll listen to you? Or does it affect you in a different way, a deeper level? I'm always open to different things. And I don't think, and, I, and, everybody, and, and everybody's subjective to change, I think. So because you tell me something and, you know, you're so convicted and you say it in a certain way to me, you just sometimes I feel like, okay, yeah, at a certain point or something happened to you. I mean, I understand certain things happen in life, so I don't take anything to heart. I like to hear everybody's opinion because that's always, to me, that's the starting point. If I don't understand where you're coming from, I can say whatever I want to say about you and just think and believe that, right? And I can just use a blanket statement for everybody, right? Sort of like what we have going on, right, with like the Asian crimes, right? Every, oh, it's a flu. Mm-hmm. These people started it, right? Mm-hmm. And they even have Pacific Islanders, which are totally different from um, any other Asian race, right? But they all get lumped in together, right? The whole crime thing, so. Pacific Islanders could still be considered like Indonesian, Malaysia, you know, Micronesia. Those places are still considered Asian, you know? So I think that's mm-hmm. probably why they lump it in, but I understand what you're saying. When I saw that, I was okay. like, oh, AAPI. I was like, oh, okay. Are they getting any <laughs> rate, hate right now too? Right. Yeah, so. I mean, let's be honest if you're mexican you look asian you're getting that hate right it's yes. it's all about people how people are being perceived nobody's running up right? on a big samoan dude though pushing him on the curve right of course oh gosh, that's no the way. point that's why i wanted you know what i mean the bottom line is is that we all have to represent being asian i, I want to get a shirt that says asian pride so people see look he looks totally fucking different right mm-hmm. so it is a situation where it's kind of a war right now. So what about you, Rags? What is your purpose for the podcast? I was obviously brought in to give some comic relief to, you know, the social discussions that uh, mm-hmm. Al wants to bring forward. You know, brought on to be comic relief. On top of that, what I'm trying to get out of people or want to show them in my comedy is that people are people, right? 
We're all mm-hmm. the fucking same at the end of the day. We we bleed red. You know, we all the same exact emotions. We all go through the same exact things in life, basically. Everybody. Hurt, pain, hunger, whatever it is, right? So I want to come bring to the table that whether you think an Indian man sounds like this or not, there actually is one. The most important thing is make, trying to make people laugh. But, you know, I really want to make sure that people... I do respect the other side. I watch Fox News. I'm not a Republican. I, I mean, I do believe in Republican principles as far as the economy uh, is concerned, but I'm not a Democrat either. But I do lean heavy liberal when it comes to, you know, social issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm allowed to be this great person. You're allowed to be different. You're allowed to believe both things and not mm-hmm. believe both things at the same time. We are very much lumped into categories in this world. And I think a lot of this show has to do with fighting against that and showing that at the end of the day, we're all human beings and we all do the same shit. I love that you said that because we do like to put people into little boxes, but you have different dynamics in one person. And it comes down to, for example, comedy relief, you were saying. How did you become a comedian? Was it something that you always wanted to do? What's the story with that? I always wanted to do it. It was when I, like I said, I was... uh, I remember you know, one of the first moments I'd made someone laugh. Mm-hmm. I was around my age, and I, I saw them look at me differently than just being a fat kid at that moment, right? I saw them see value in me. So from that moment, I used that sense of humor. I sharpened it up. I remember uh, having that sense of humor. And then I remember seeing Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. roll at a New Year's Eve party. And I think we just, you know, it, it was, it, again, that shows you I was in an Indian New Year's Eve party in late 80s, and they were watching Eddie Murphy roll, right? So, were they laughing? They were loving it. Being human is being human. Everybody mm-hmm. remembers the ice cream man. Everybody remembers being somewhat not well off. Most people aren't well off. Everybody remembers the struggle of not having something to eat at the end of the day. At least mm-hmm. a few times in your life. Whatever he talked about sung to me. I just couldn't believe people were just loving this man who was just making them laugh so much. And I fell in love with that. Um, and I thought he was so cool. And I was like, this is the fucking coolest motherfucker mm-hmm. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he was wearing that red outfit, I think, right? That yes, red suit. Yes, I remember. Yeah, tight leather red suit, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, at that point, Michael Jackson jackets were out. And it was a leather. And it was like it all just came together for me because I was mm-hmm. a huge MJ. <laughs> and we all had the MJ jacket jacket you know you the red the black one or the red one or whatever from thriller or whatever it was and you know again it just for me at that moment i knew what i wanted to do mm-hmm. when you work at something it becomes better right so if you already try sharpening your skill set as being humorous when you're young mm-hmm. you're just gonna something that's just gonna get better with age right it's something that you're just gonna keep on working on and i made it a point to always respect how people got to laugh i looked at it and i analyzed it you know and at the end of the day you know it was just something i loved i just fell in love with it making people happy. Do your fans, including Indian fans, ever compare you to Russell Peters? Of course. And I mean, I used to open up for Russell Peters. Do you feel like also you're boxed into that? I mean, my three fans, yeah, they, they, they <laughs> my three fans. No, no. See, that's the thing. I totally switched the comedy up. I used to do Indian comedy because it paid, right? And obviously mainstream comedy doesn't pay for a long time. And I found this niche where I could get paid. And it was a horrible decision for me to continue down that path because it made me have to write it. Like Indian comedy is like writing inside jokes, even though it could be, you could understand it from every you know point of view, any minority or any person, right? Everybody has that kind of issue. Like you make fun of your father or whatever it is, right? But you know, there's inside jokes, like Indians put their fucking dishes in the 
in the oven because they don't bake anything, you know, so they put them there for storage mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like Indians do certain things a certain way, right? Just like everybody has their shit. Every culture has their thing. Um, so I, I was, that's the thing for me. It was like, I wanted to get away from that because I was like, I'm less mm-hmm. Indian mm-hmm. than I am American, right? So for me, I was like, I'm more American than I am Indian. You know, let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. So I have to be true to myself. I can't keep pushing out this Indian shit because it is me at some level. But to me, that's just this easy way. It's a shortcut to get laughs. How has the move to California changed both of you guys? Because the East Coast culture, I assume, is different. A lot different, yeah. A lot different. So how has that affected you? What do you guys think about, you know, East Coast and now you're in California? Uh, Well, I'm in corporate, right? So corporate America is totally different from the East Coast to the West Coast. So in the East Coast, guys are more upfront. Everything is more upfront. Everything is direct in your face, right? And people actually wear clothes to work here. It's like you can come and work with shorts on and you can lay around. It's just just the environment is a lot more lax. (laughs) Lay around? (laughs) Where are you working at? (laughs) I got to get a job there <laughs> what is your best skill set <laughs> laying around things are hey, very you relaxed can't say that as a black man you can't even laying say around that as a black man. and relax <laughs> <laughs> it's not black men that's laying around though i'll tell you that of course not <laughs> oh, that- <laughs> mixed with you can never get a good slice of pizza out here i don't know what that is it's like everything is like dough put inside the oven and it's and it's presented to you as new york pizza new york sign this new york sign that oh, and it's all no. trash yeah one Two, I'm in Northern Cal, so in Northern Cal, everything is, it's a little colder than I thought it would be, right? I thought it would be like warm, you know, like, I don't know, SoCal, but it's not like that. So you have that, and then you have the whole, everybody's like very sensitive here, I think, you know. I get in trouble sometimes at work, because HR is like, oh, you can't talk to them like that. I'm like, it works at home, it's all right. Yeah, very sensitive environment, and um, to me, California's like its own state, doing it, whatever you want. You have all these laws about... Marijuana. It is its own state. I mean, yeah, its own country. You have all these uh, own laws about, I don't know, marijuana. Then you have your own, you can vote on things and and make a proposition for something and change the law. You can't do that back home. It's just like, you know, it is what it is and you go with it, right? So that's main thing. Another thing is the beach. So the beach is out here, the Pacific Ocean never smells like an ocean. You go home, Jersey, you know, that side or whatever. You go down south, Florida, and you can actually smell the beach. You can smell the fish three, four blocks before you get there. Here, you smell nothing. Even the oysters taste like whatever. It tastes like they just... I, it's it's wow. just the whole thing. Yeah, it's the whole thing. I don't yeah. agree with that. I mean, over here, I'm in SoCal, so the, the beaches definitely smell a little bit over here, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't, smell any, I don't smell anything over here at the beach. I'm like, where am I? I could be anywhere. I, I could be in the woods right now. But do you like that smell? I like that you smell. Like it? I like the smell because in Jersey, listen, they're paci- like I can go to different beaches and tell you what the oysters taste like. I can go to Ventnor, I can go to AC, I can go to Point Pleasant, I can, and I can also go to Baltimore Harbor and, you, and I can get a different taste of seafood in all three of those places and it smells different. You can taste that short point. I agree with that. I mean, Baltimore got them crab legs, Phillips. Oh, I know Baltimore. Yeah. Like school there. Yeah. But I agree with you. But I, I, I feel like, dude, the seafood over here is fucking... The, the, the sushi is so much better. So much. Forget it. The sushi, hmm. yeah. The sushi, yeah, yeah. The sushi is better. By the way, I fucking have lemon in my sushi intake, and I see it twice a week, and now I'm limiting it because I fucking saw Seaspiracy. Have you guys seen yeah, this Yeah, did you see documentary? that? That's crazy. Scared the yeah. Sh- yeah, I feel all fucking no. guilty. Dolphins and, and sharks. Yeah, it was oh, not just no. that. It's that also treatment. the fact that the fish the fish supply was going to be gone by 2048, they're saying, with the current way we're doing things. You know, I am a vegetarian when I'm at home. I don't cook meat, or I, I would say whole food plant-based. If I go out to eat, I'm not picky 
tricky because I think it's I don't want to put that pressure on someone to try to cook me something that's specific to me. Mm-hmm. So, what are some last messages that you want the audience to know about you? Um, you know, I just want the audience to know that we're real people and we're trying not to fucking offend anybody. We just want I just want I want people to hopefully think we're interesting and that we are worth listening to and that you know we maybe put things in a way that made them think a little bit or from a different point of view where they hadn't looked at it like that before that's really what i hope to get mm-hmm. out of this you know kind of open some eyes while making other people fucking relate to me while making other mm-hmm. people giggle you know at the end of the day that's all we can ask for absolutely what about you al yeah, I just want the audience to know that, you know, our perspective is obviously our perspective. But you're talking to two people that, especially me and Rags, we've been through the worst and we've seen the best, right? Been at these incredible financial highs and started from crazy lows and still it's like up and down roller coaster. And actually work in corporate America. So the opinion that we have sometimes and being able to just to travel all around is not everybody's opinion, but we get to see a lot of things and we do have an opinion more so than maybe someone that's just in their corner all day maybe just spitting you out knowledge like i mean i don't we don't know everything but we do get to see things and we you know we want we want to give you a perspective of a lot of things that we have seen and that we talk about and the stuff we go through that we don't think is being represented especially when it comes to just mm-hmm. news and things like that it's a lot of topics that we do right every day male female stuff we don't want to talk about it's almost like it's not denial but it's like right in your face but nobody really actually wants to talk about it because it's whatever what is it taboo or it's embarrassing Mm -hmm. or whatever the case is so i think pointing out some of those things we can kind of come to a conversation that some of these things are should be talked about and they are normal because we do them all the time but we just want to kind of hide so that's Mm -hmm. a big and a huge point that i like to get across because i don't think a lot of things that we talk about should be taboo i think these are mainstream views a lot of this stuff but you know media doesn't see it as so right and it's good to have that open discussion because everybody needs to have that conversation a lot of closed-mindedness right. in this world mm-hmm. absolutely all right guys well this was an interview of rags and al and if you guys have any questions for them email us at timewestshow83 at gmail.com thank you guys so much for this interview thank you guys thank you. Thank you. Catch me at, at ANU Comedy, C O M E D Y. Also, catch us at Time West Podcast 2021 on Instagram. I have a podcast called That's Why Show with Patricia. She is unfortunately unable to attend this show with us. So, hopefully, she'll join us on the next one. All right, guys, thank you. Peace. Bye.